Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This is America's Sports Voice. KMOX. A great sports open line does continue here on KMOX. Uh, we're calling it a weekly conversation. We bring them on uh, probably about once a week or so. You also hear them. On the weekend, hosting the St. Louis Soccer Report here on KMOX. He's our good friend, Nate Gatter, who is uh, in Columbia as he's going to be attempting to broadcast some uh, Missouri softball uh, this weekend and tonight. Nate, always appreciate you taking some time with us. How are you? I'm great. How are you, Matt? I am good. Before we get into um, St. Louis City, which just continues to be an, an amazing story, uh, it was opening day in St. Louis yesterday. Just do you have a... Do you have thoughts? Do you have, you know, what does opening day mean to you and mean to your family? And, and, and you've got a, a history around the game of baseball. Like, what, is it, what does that day mean to you? Yeah, it's interesting that you asked me that because yesterday I was there as a fan, and it was actually the first time I've ever attended opening day in person in St. Louis or anywhere else. Um, and it's just something I've never gotten around to. And I think before yesterday I would have told you, oh, yeah, it's great. I'm happy to have baseball season back. At the same time, I, more so than almost anybody I know who loves baseball as much as I do, do not like baseball when it's cold. Mm -hmm. So normally the idea of baseball in March in the Midwest is not super appealing to me. Like, it was great weather yesterday. If it had been 45 degrees at first pitch, I probably would have had a lot less fun. Um, But when I was standing there during the opening ceremonies, I was thinking to myself, you know, I hadn't been as jazzed up about going. I was excited, but it hadn't been, like, circled on my calendar in the way it would have been when I was 12. And standing there, I kind of felt 12 years old again because the pageantry is just so massive in St. Louis. It's such a community event. There were so many people there. And, and to me, that's what sports are really about, when we can bring people together in a way that is, you know, I love the nitty-gritty of the on-field stuff, but that when we can bring people together in a way that has social relevance, uh, that's ultimately why I care about sports and I think what makes it really beautiful and relevant to a society um, it was a really cool experience. This is sappy, and you'll probably like it, though, as, a, as a, a relatively new dad still, or a dad of a young kid at least. Um, I was riding up the escalator, and there was a dad and his son in front of me, and the son was probably six years old, seven years old, and he's just holding his dad's hand, and he was doing all he could not to literally jump up and down on the escalator because his dad was telling him it was unsafe. And, like, you have to stand still because he was just so excited. And in that, that was sort of emotional for me. I think it would have been really emotional had it been, you know, first season full houses again after COVID. 
Um, but still, there's a part of me that that just connects you with something that was there at childhood that ultimately is why all of us are into doing this. And it was just watching him, it, it made me feel something that I, I – it harkened back to how I would have felt as a six-year-old myself going up that escalator. And I think maybe opening day as compared to other days, there's a little more six-year-old inside us. Yeah, I, th- I think that's really well said. I I went to opening day with my mom every year. My dad was like you. He didn't like cold weather baseball, so he stayed home. And I went to opening day with my mom. And it, it had been 12, 13, 14 years since I'd been to an opening day, just as my career had progressed outside of St. Louis. And all those memories came flooding back yesterday. And I'll be honest, the, when the Clydesdales, came, the, the Clydesdales, the Clydesdales come out and I see them and I'm, I'm on my phone, like taping them because I'm going to tweet out a video about it. And you hear that as they're going around, the crowd goes crazy as the Clydesdales are getting closer and closer. And like, I choked up a little bit. It's freaking horses. And I'm choking up a little bit. I'm like, Matt, you're 40 years old and you're here working. And these are horses that are going around. What are you doing? But it, it to me, like you said, like the pageant, of it, it it was a little bit emotional for me being my first one there in a good number of years. It, it's silly, right? You're yeah. almost it's the kind of thing you almost hesitate to admit on the radio because it, it seems juvenile in some ways, and I, I get that. But and it is corny, and I think it's one of those things probably that in the way that many people around baseball do when they look at something like this that's an event in St. Louis, people sort of half admire it as, wow, what a cultural thing baseball is in St. Louis. And they sort of half roll their eyes. And can you believe how corny this is? St. Louis is talking about how they get choked up at the Clydesdales. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it, 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 that's just, there's beauty in that. And it makes me think this is, you know, just as only tangentially related, but it makes me think of this this Derek Gould tweet. Derek Gould obviously covers the, the Cardinals for the Post-Dispatch. And he, he tweeted this years ago, and I've never forgotten it, in part because at least for a long time, I don't know if he still does, he used to have it pinned at the top of his Twitter feed. And it was a guy, I don't even know what the guy was responding to, because it was before quote tweets were a thing on Twitter. And, and it's, a, it's a guy saying to him, you know, what are you, at 12 years old? Like, why, why are you into this? I don't even know what he's talking about. And Derek says back, I'm old enough to be unapologetically comfortable with the things that keep me young. And I think about that a lot. And I tell you what, opening day is one of those things, the Clydesdales, whatever it is. Uh, the whole pageantry, the culture of baseball is one of those things for me. Yeah, it was a, it was a really fun day. I'm glad you got to uh, experience it, to be sure. All right, let's jump into soccer a little bit. Uh, City SC just continues to roll. They, they can't lose. Are they ever going to uh, lose a match, Nate? Let's start off with the big question. Uh, yes, and I'm going to say they will do it in the next three weeks. Uh, I'm concerned about this Saturday. Uh, I think they're probably more likely to win still than Minnesota United are, but I think I would go with a draw this Saturday most likely. Certainly it's going to be close, and then I think they're likely to lose the following week in Seattle, which is no great criticism. Many good teams lose in Seattle. Beyond that, I think FC Cincinnati then will be a big test as well back home. So that, that's the, the takeaway right now is, my goodness, they are really good, better than we thought. And it's, it is, though, for the reasons that we thought, which is, first of all, a lot of the unproven players have stepped up and played really well. More importantly, the club has an identity that is very unusual for an expansion team that exists from the front office down through the coaching staff to the first team players, even to the academy coaches and players. There is a lot of continuity in the club, and everybody understands this is the mission. This is the way we want to play. This is how we're going to get things accomplished. Uh, Johnny Nelson 
the the left back said, you know, there are no big egos as compared to other teams that he's played on. He said there are no blank holes on the team. And that's, uh, you know, that's an interesting thing for a guy to come out and say, because, you know, he knows former teammates of his other teams he's been on. They can read that. And they're probably thinking, you know, maybe we did have an ego or two in the room. Maybe not everybody wanted to play this way. It's one of the reasons that City were so deliberate about not going out and signing the aging, high-priced, big-name European players because they weren't convinced those guys were going to want to work as hard as City have to work in order to make their style functional. And so that identity is winning out. And it's, MLS generally has a fair amount of parity because of the salary cap restrictions outside of the three DPs. Pretty much every team is spending the same, and so the margins can be pretty small in the way that sometimes they are, say, in the NFL, where even the bottom teams in the league can get wins over the top teams, partially because of that salary cap. At the same time, I do think you have to point out that the first five games have been pretty easy overall. On average, they have not played great teams to this point. Austin away, probably the most difficult match up to now. These next three teams are all going to be as good or better than any of the five they've already played. Minnesota in particular is going to be a very interesting matchup because, as we've talked about before, and certainly we talk about it a lot on Sunday evenings on the St. Louis City Soccer Report, City are somewhat unusual in that the style they play because of the press and how they want to turn teams over and turn that into offense, it doesn't require a lot of possession of the ball. Normally, possession is a decent proxy for how a game is going, and the team that has more of the ball is probably having the better of the game. St. Louis City have averaged only about 42.5% possession so far this year, which is second lowest of the 29 teams in Major League Soccer. That's unusual for a team with that little possession to be as good as they've been. On the flip side, Minnesota United also like to play without the ball. They're the only one of the 29 teams with less possession this year than City. They average about 41.5%. So, and I know this isn't exactly how it works, but if you put those numbers together, they add up to around 84%, a little bit more. So there's 15% and change in this game, 15.5% possession, that in theory, based on how they played so far this season, neither team really wants. And that's going to be an interesting dynamic for the game. It's unusual to have two teams playing against each other that are both designed to play without the ball. And I think City will have to work harder to break down minnesota united than they've had to some of these other teams because minnesota united will be happy to sit back they call it in soccer parking the bus play with a lot of guys or all their guys behind the ball sort of sit in a low block defensively and absorb that pressure and then try to come out of the counter and city have not put together a lot of goals this year of 25 passes breaking down a very packed in opposing defense so I think it's going to be a very interesting dynamic for people on Saturday, maybe a more caging, cagey low-scoring uh, game than what we've seen for City so far, um, but a, an interesting tactical battle and then really tough challenges coming up away against Seattle and back home against Cincinnati. Is their goal differential more impressive when you consider their pose- possession percentage? Yes and no. Um you know, some of that is the, the goals they've been gifted. Now, at the same time, you know, those goals off of opposing mistakes are maybe caused by the press to some degree, especially because of how the press can wear on opposing back lines that are not used to facing that kind of discomfort over the course of an entire 90 minutes. Um, I think they have been pretty clinical. So soccer, uh, one of the main soccer stats people talk about in terms of analytics is expected goals or XG. 
and City are pretty substantially outperforming their expected goals right now. You see that talked about in hockey, too, other sports that are kind of low scoring, where you basically take every number except the actual goals and try to put them together to say what, how many goals should each team have scored. City are outperforming right now their expected goals. It's unlikely. They're doing it almost doubling their expected goal total. That's unlikely to sustain. At the same time, you know, they've won 7-0 over the last two games combined, and that doesn't happen by accident. They are creating chances, and they're taking them. So uh, I think it's unlikely they're going to be this effective, this clinical in front of goal all season, but they're certainly going to keep scoring goals at a higher rate than we were expecting coming into the year. And to the point of that goal difference, you could make the argument as a result of it, which, by the way, is plus 11, which is just an incredible number through five games, that City are off to the best start any Major League Soccer team has ever had, not just an expansion team, any team ever. The last two teams to start with five wins from five were 2012 Sporting Kansas City and then I think 1996 LA Galaxy. It was in the 90s. They both started with five wins from five. Neither one had a plus 11 goal difference or even all that close to it. So you could argue, combining the five wins and the plus 11 goal difference, that City are off to literally the best five-game start of any team in the history of the league, expansion or otherwise. Davis, I read this somewhere else, and I, I wish I could give credit, but I can't because I don't remember where I read it. But basically, somebody said they've essentially already done about one third of the work needed to be a playoff team this year. At what point, and there's still a ton of season left, at what point do we start looking at that and start saying, okay, this is the legitimate path to the postseason for this club? Already, I think. Uh, to me, they passed it. They've already raised expectations so much. I will be extremely disappointed if they don't make the playoffs. Uh, there are nine playoff spots. Now the eight and nine teams have to play in against each other. So you could argue maybe eight true playoff spots. The teams that finish in the top eight advance to the first round, which is going to be best two out of three, and mean that even the lower-seeded team will be guaranteed a home playoff game. So for me, the goal is to finish coming into the season. The pie-in-the-sky goal was to finish eighth and guarantee a home game in the playoffs at City Park. Now, I think that's a very realistic goal. The pie-in-the-sky goal now is probably to hang on and finish in the top four. I mean, maybe you could argue that the pie-in-the-sky goal is to even do better than that. But I I think it's very realistic to try to finish in the top eight, in part because they built a double-digit buffer already over the playoff spots. And you're exactly right that they're probably getting close to a third of their points they're going to need in order to make the playoffs. And they've only played five out of 34 games. That's That's a pretty small fraction. So... I think at this point, and I don't want to be unfair to them, and and we have to be wary of, I described it last Sunday as sort of like the golden handcuffs of sports fandom, right? People talk Mm -hmm. about golden handcuffs in a financial context that generally Americans, as they make more money, immediately start to spend more money, and they never really feel like they're getting ahead. That sports fans are prone to that, too, that as expectations are exceeded, they just quickly reset expectations, and they forget to be grateful for how much the original expectations were exceeded. So I don't want to be unfair to them and sort of punish them for how well they've played so far. At the same time, I would be very disappointed if they don't make the playoffs now just because of the point total that they have, and they've essentially been spotted to a 10-plus point lead over the playoff spots. I think you have to adjust expectations to some degree. You and uh, Jen Cease Gensner will have uh, the St. Louis City Soccer Report coming up uh, this weekend. What do you guys have uh, on tap? Well, actually, the highlight is something that we sort of teased the last couple of weeks indirectly, which is that Jen uh, got a chance to talk to Becky Sauerbrunn, captain of the United States Women's National Team and a former Ledoux Ram, Mm -hmm. AJB Marine Club uh, girl here from St. Louis. 
And Becky, of course, now toward the tail end of her career, one of the really accomplished veterans on the U.S. Women's National Team, which will be coming to St. Louis in just a couple of weeks' time, April 11th at City Park, to play one of their final tune-up games before the World Cup this summer against the Republic of Ireland, themselves headed to the World Cup uh, later on this summer in Australia and New Zealand. We are really excited to have her on. We're going to continue to talk uh, an awful lot about, of course, City and then also U.S. Women's National Team uh, ahead of their game in a couple of weeks' time. Becky was either one or two years behind me in high school, but I have no clue if she has any clue who I am. Uh, she probably does. You're famous now in no. her hometown. She's she's a loyal sports open line listener. That's what I heard. I uh, I I would bet she doesn't know who I am. I would gamble on that one. Well, soon enough she will, Matt Pauly. Just give it time. All right, fair enough. Nate, great stuff as always. Have a great show this weekend, and uh, we'll talk again uh, hopefully next week. Thanks a lot, Matt. That's Nate Gatter joining us here on a Gray Bar Sports Open Line right here on KMOX. We will take a break. We've got a lot more to get to. Still doing a whole lot of baseball, looking back at uh, everything that happened on opening day and uh, looking forward with the Cardinals. A lot more coming up right here on KMOX. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.